have enjoyed the week with you. And tomorrow, the last day, let's pray for souls to be saved tomorrow morning. Preacher to have at least a hundred, so he has to wear his pink shirt and tie. Amen. And we'll look forward to that. And if, if you could squeeze 25 more kids from somewhere, I'd like to see the pink bow. Judy's going to bring her camera tomorrow, so we're going to have to have proof of this, aren't we? I was thinking about running it in the paper or something, you know, uh, like that. But anyway, it's been a real joy, and honestly, I don't care if you pick on your wife about her writing me a list of what she wanted me to preach on, but nobody did, okay? Nobody did, but I might say something about them tomorrow if you'll just kind of go along with it, and we'll try to make it a little hot for them, amen, uh, like that. But anyhow, it really is a joy, and I'm glad for this Saturday night meeting, too. It's been a blessing to see our good friend, Brother Boy. Uh, he's been a good friend over a lot, a lot of years. And now he's going to Thailand, and uh, I tell you, you ought to give something to him along and along, because ain't no doubt in my mind they'll win millions. There's that many people over there, and uh, God, I believe, wants that group saved. Just before he comes back, I, he gave Russia a chance, didn't he? And I opened the door for them. I believe the young race is about where it is right now. So we need to pray for Brother Bowie. If you have your Bibles along tonight, look in First John chapter 5 with me. That's the last chapter of this wonderful book. Remember in that book you and I referred to as little children, uh, John, but of course it's the Holy Spirit really does love us men. I was thinking while we were singing, Jesus joined us because he was a man at a men's meeting, so he could he'd be welcome, wouldn't he, as we were singing about him, and I'm sure he did tonight. If you were about to close this book, uh, if you look, uh, the last verse has always just kind of stayed with me. First John 5:21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Now, not all idols look like a voodoo doll or a totem pole. They don't. It doesn't have to be that kind of an idol. And John comes to the end and said, little children, keep yourselves. Now notice he's not talking to the lost. The lost man can have idols, and many of them do, don't they? Sure they do, you know that. Lost people can have idols, and unless God does something, those idols can be the reason that they die and go to hell. Many a man is going to hell because he loved his hunting or his fishing or his ball game or something like that. It, it was what life was all about. There was no room in his life for Jesus, no room for Jesus, the church, or anything like that. And without a doubt, you can drive through the cemetery and here's a tombstone and it has a, a, a spinning rod uh, and reel engraved on it. I thought about it today down there where we were, Brother Bowen. Sure they do. Sometimes they'll put a basketball on it. You ever read the obituaries and it'll say something like uh, uh, some ball game was his life. Lost people can lose their souls over their idols. But he's not talking to lost people. He's talking to safe people. Little children, keep yourselves. Notice, keep yourselves. If, if you're going to say keep yourself, then you're, that's going to demand some type of an examination. You're going to have to take time 
to, to look at yourself, examine yourself, think about it, and see once. Do I have idols in my life? Do, do I have idols? Has this thing become an idol in my life? Men, work, work can be your idol. It can. You, you can just get yourself, you lose your health, your life, and for what? The day you die, they'll plug somebody else in there, and you're forgotten. And I've been saying to people, if you can take a buyout when you're 50 years of age, boys, if I was you, I'd do it and give the rest of your life to Christ. You could go to the mission field, and you could help on the mission field. Say, I'm not a preacher, but all of you can do some things. You can, some of you know enough about electricity. You could wire a church, especially a church overseas. We're not talking about three phases. We're talking about fans, you know, and a string of light bulbs down the middle of it. We're not talking about hooking up three-phase power and that kind of stuff. You could be used. You could help people build. Your life could count. I'm not telling you about taking your family and going over there and staying for years, but there are many mission boards that have programs where you could go over there for two months and accomplish a certain thing and come back home, give your family a rest, and uh, go on and get in the Lord's work. You'll be glad you did if you listen to me. You don't want to work till the last day of your life. You don't want to do that, man. I'm telling you, don't do that. Plan for that. Think about that. After all, faith pleases the Lord. Faith does. Please God. It, it pleases Him. And you say, well, we can't pay our bills now. Yeah, but you're doing secular work too. And if you gave your life to the Lord and you let the Lord use you, you might be surprised what He would do for you. Amen? That's right. That's right. And, and I'd urge you to do that. There's so many idols. Work can be an idol. That's true. I think one of the things that the church, a, a, a fellowship like you men, one of the most dangerous things in it is for somebody to begin to make something an idol, it becomes an idol. Can I pick something for you and you not be mad at me? Uh, let's say one of you were to get a good-sized boat and, uh, and boy, you and your family really go to enjoy it. You get a good tan. Your wife brags on it. Oh, it's been wonderful for us and our kids. And then one by one, somebody else gets a boat. And directly, Brother Mickey doesn't have anybody out on Saturdays doing the visiting, nobody to run the buses on Sunday, nobody to pay the price. Things happen like that in a fellowship like this. One person gets to doing something, and then somebody else joins in and does it, and then the third person gets in on it. So it said, little children, keep yourselves from idols, from idols. Notice the reason he gives us is in verse 19 and 20. Watch the word know, K-N-O-W, and we know that we are of God. We know. 
We're not like the Jehovah Witness that's out there peddling his trash because he wants to be. We are. We know that we are of God. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. We have an enemy in that old world, don't we? And, and it can become more than just, well, I've got to feed my family. Sure you do. But then it starts involving overtime, time and half, double time, and things like that. The whole world lieth in wickedness. It almost makes you think there's nothing innocent in the world. It's every bit, if you drive it to the end, is wickedness. You can get involved in ball games and ball teams and everything like that. You can get involved in camping. You work five days a week, that means the only time you have to go camping is on the weekend. And the more you spend on something, the more you begin to think, well, hey, we've got $1,500 wrapped up in that, or $5,000 wrapped up in it. An avid deer hunter told me he had $50,000 worth of deer hunting equipment. $50,000. I mean, I ain't talking about he just going out here in the brush. He could go to Alaska. He could go to Canada. Know what I mean? I'm telling you, and 50000 ain't much money when you start going to places like that. Understand? He said... The whole world lieth in wickedness. Then he said in verse 20, and here it is again, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding. See, if something begins to get a hold of your life and displease the Holy Spirit, you and I have an understanding. He'll sound the warning. I watched a man that had a youth group for a church, of which my grandson was one of them. And I watched him and his two boys get involved in racing dirt tracks. And on Saturday night, they'd be up in Cleveland, Tennessee, or Atlanta, Georgia. And that had to be, well, from my house back down to where he lived, be 500 miles and more. So when they're done racing at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, he's headed back home. And tomorrow is Sunday. Is he in shape for the boys? For the youth group, do you think he is? He doesn't have the youth group anymore, can I tell you that? He still has the race cars, but he doesn't have the youth group anymore. Understand what I'm telling you? And you can't tell me I know that man. And I know him, he's as good a friend as any of you men. And you can't tell me he didn't have an understanding that it was coming. You can't tell me some night driving home barely able to keep his eyes open that God didn't say to him, yeah, and you've got to be up in just a few hours. You know, in case some of you don't know this, that old kind of junk of running all night and going to work the next day, we've all done it. Don't act like you, you're some kind of real special toughy or something. Let me just straighten you out. You're as stupid as I was. How you like them apples, Jack? Hmm? Don't sit back here and act like you've got something nobody else has. I remember dragging to work, hunting a plane I could work on so I could sleep. 
and tell myself tonight I'm going to bed. But when the gong went and it was time to get off work, I felt well enough to get a shower and change clothes and start all over again. But I'm going to tell you something else. You burn out. And you find out you can't do that stuff all night, all week, 12, 14 hours a day, five days a week. And then stay up all Saturday night, be fresh for Sunday. People pick on me all the time. If I ain't preaching, I go to bed at 7 o'clock. If I ain't preaching and I stay up to 8 o'clock, it must have been like a hurricane coming or something. Don't call me because I ain't answering the phone. You can call me any time from 3 o'clock on. And if you're so stinking lazy you can't get up at 3 o'clock to talk to me, don't be calling at no 9 o'clock because you ain't going to get me, Jack. You understand that? I ain't impressed with a bunch of junk that people throw around and act like you, hey, we might as well just get straight because we is men. And we have an understanding, the Bible said. That understanding is a person and his name is the Holy Ghost. And he may right now be warning you. Some of you, your lawn is your idol. Got to be just absolutely perfect. No dandelions. None, none of them red ants. Whatever you call them things. Fire ants. Your lawn. Your lawn. You taking you taking undue pride in that thing. If we only knew what your payments were on your lawnmower. On your lawnmower. Payments on a lawnmower. Payments January, December, November. On your lawnmower. On your lawnmower? You can buy a lawnmower at nearly any garage sale for five bucks. And your lawn is your idol. But you'll get a warning because you have an understanding. It ain't for me just to sit up here. Some of you, your wives are hooked on QVC and all that stuff. But you're just as bad. You like OLN. Outdoor Life Network, you, you're, you're hip up on it. You've got to have the latest gun, big enough to kill elephants. And all you're shooting is a deer in, in Texas. Just ain't no cause for no $5,000 gun in Texas. It don't take that much to kill no deer in Texas. You ain't shooting a thousand yards like Alaska. After he tells us what we have, I'm just checking the word know. We know. Verse 20, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. That's why he's going to say something about idols. You and I just don't have religion. I'm not supporting the archbishop of the diocese so that he'll preach my funeral and get me a few hundred years knocked off my purgatory. I wouldn't fix the Pope's tire if he had a flat on his Pope mobile. I wouldn't fix it. I'd tell the old goat, get out and fix it yourself, Jack. I ain't doing it. You're looking at me, and you ain't either. See, see, it's what it said, that we might know him that is true. 
You know you can't believe that bunch of quackery. Huh? Selling candles and doing all that junk. But you didn't come to that. You came to him who was crucified and rose again. And he lives in you. You have something. And watch this. And we are in him that is true. What about that? We are in him. I'm not saying, I'm a Catholic. Ha, ha, ha. I'm a Mormon. No, sir. I'm in Christ. I'm a Baptist. But I listen to people get so hip up on Baptists. Ain't nobody but a Baptist going to heaven. And if you ain't a Baptist baptized by another Baptist that was baptized by John the Baptist, you'll have to stand up at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That old boy, he needs to stand behind my car. I need to bump some sense in that dude. Before I was a Baptist, I was in him that is true. And you can like this or lump it, but that's greater than being a Baptist. That'll hair lip them. You preach out at a conference, they'll kill you. I mean, listen, they're just absolutely faint. You'll have to call 911 to resuscitate some of the big muckety-mucks. But all I'm doing is reading the Bible. Did you hear that? That's why I didn't go to your college or anybody else's college, for that matter of fact. Look in your Bible. Why don't you brag on the things the Bible brags about? And we are in him that is true. Now that's a statement worth getting excited about. To say, I'm a Baptist. Do you know nearly all prisoners are Baptists? Because they can't spell Presbyterian. They can't spell Pentecostal. They couldn't spell Episcopalian if you give them five bucks to get it right. They couldn't do it. They're Baptists, ain't he, Brother Bowen? Some of the best people I know are Baptists, and they're all in prison. What a thing to get excited about and get your perspiration flowing over. Why don't you do the Bible? And we are in him that, are, that is true. Look at this. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Now he comes to the last phrase and says, after he told you what you had, you can't worship the Virgin Mary. It's impossible. You know better. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. I, I don't want it. I can't spend all night trying to figure out what is your idol and see can I get on your case. So I'll just have to do this. I, I got to thinking and I made me a list of them. Um, how can I know whether it's an idol or not? Well, I can know by what it's doing to me what it's doing to me. When drinking and carousing was my idol, it was doing something for me. When some of you guys were smoking dope, it was doing something for you. When some others of you were drinking heavily, it was doing something for you. Caused you to lose an arm, huh, nub? Caused you to lose an arm. It's doing something for you. You only have one more. You better stop drinking. You know that? An idol does something for you. You ever see women who worship their body and they lay in them tannin booths? 
gag a maggot off a dog. And men too. A man in a tanning booth. I, I'd like to go back here where they are and shut the lid and safety wire it like we did on the airplane. Put that loop around there and put them safety wire tires on it and it'll just go and watch them try to get out of there. And if the high button's on the outside, crank her up. I tell you, when he come out of there, he looked like a lobster. So I wrote down what I thought. How can I tell whether this thing is an idol? And I'm going to walk through them for you. Because I don't know your life, and I ain't never been to your house. Look in your Bible to Titus chapter 1 and in verse 16. Number one, whatever I'm trying to check, here's the first thing I need to ask myself. Does this thing distort the truth? Does it distort the truth? Does it twist the truth? Does it do that? Now, I showed you in 19 and 20 what the truth is. We're in Christ. We know him. I showed you the truth. Now, in Titus 1.16, it says... They profess that they know God, but in works, they deny Him. Does it distort the truth? I can say I know God, but my neighbor on the right is lost. What if he saw me getting a boat out on Sunday morning? I'm witness to him. He knows. He knows. What if he didn't see me and Judy pulling out, going to Sunday school and to church? What if he didn't see me going back Sunday night? What if he didn't see me pulling out on Wednesday night, knowing where I'm going? What if he didn't do that? I can profess to be something, but some idol can make me deny it in fact, in, in, in the way that it works out. Does it distort the truth? In prison, they would say, talk is cheap. Anybody can talk it. But we're supposed to live it. And we're not, we're living because He is inside. We ain't living because we want to make a good impact on the Pope. We're living it because he's on the inside and here's the things that please him, right? Then we ought not to distort the truth by denying it in our works, in the things that we do. It's like cheating on the job. It's like stealing on the job. You know, stealing? It's like carrying stuff out and putting it in the dumpster and then going back after dark and getting it back out. You want to go around giving out tracts at work, but money or just plain being a thief is your idol. And you're denying him by your works. I say, well, I love Jesus, but I have a, a statue of Mary on the dash of my car. You're denying him by your works, aren't you? I say, I'm a Christian, but I've got dice hanging from the mirror. I say, I'm a Christian, but you go by my car, and here's all these scrape-off things. And you needn't worry about your dash cracking. It's covered up. The sun ain't getting to your dash. You got more of them scrape-off things than the man that makes it got scrape-off things. 
You see that? And by the way, don't give the woman that sells you them things a gospel tract. When you walk out, she said, what's with that turkey? Does it distort? Idols always distort the truth. Idols always distort the truth. Is it changing the truth in order for you to embrace it? Number two, come with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. Today, we went to a funeral. A man was only 53 years old, never had a heart attack in his life, and yet he's in heaven tonight. And these verses I'm fixing to read to you, Ephesians 5 verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Does it devour my time? Brother Duckett only had 53 years. That's getting in some of your ballparks, ain't it? If you didn't have but 53 years, you're pretty far down the ladder already, ain't you? Nod your head up and down. You know I'm right. And, and does this devour your time? Oh, what a testimony. Brother Duckett had his soul-winning New Testament in one hand and his sweat rag in the other hand because he always sweated when he blew that trumpet and sang. And he had his new soul-winning New Testament and his tracks. And they had it on him in the coffin. This idol of yours... Yeah, I could have a boat. I wouldn't know what to do with it, but I could have it. I guess I could just drag it around where people think I had a boat. Huh? I don't know what I'd want with the stupid thing. Right? Does it devour your time? You Listen, I listen to you. You don't have time. Oh, me. I just tell you, I don't get anything done. I don't. Well, how many hours of television do you click? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And worrying about the Hollywood people and, and checking what they write in the National Enquirer. That magazine of truth. Your mother dropped you on your head and you was a baby. Martians land in Dallas and you want to drive over and see where it happened. Woman in Fort Worth gives birth to baby. And the baby has a 2,000-year-old bracelet on its arm when it come out of the womb. Man, you read that stuff. You read all of it. Where Elvis Presley was seen last week. But you don't have enough time. Does it devour your time? Does it? Do you give your Bible as much time as you give the ball game? Does it distort the truth? Does it devour my time? I have no fault to say anything about Brother Duckett. But I guarantee you there'd be a whole lot of us if we died as quickly as he did we'd have some thoughts about dear Lord Jesus. I wish I'd have never got involved with that. And you know there again, I believe in having fun with your children and all that. I ain't jumping on you about that. Did you ever notice some stuff that you start to do for your kids' sake? 
you get in it more than they do. And it becomes more intense to you. That's why you parents have to take a test to see can you go see your kid play Little League. You may be too violent for Little League. Or that lawnmower you're making paints on it, you could start racing it. Yeah, on a dirt track. Yeah, race your lawnmower. You know, God had that youth group, the one my grandson was in, started out racing his lawnmower. Now he's up to big price stuff. Little children, keep yourselves. And if you just sit back and say, Bless God here, listen to him. What's he know about it? He can work as hard as I do. Hey, hot shot. All I do is preach it. One day God will get on top of your head and eat it slick to the skin. And tell you, I told you when you got involved in that stuff to stay away from it. Some of you took off the game of golf and you're already... Shooting 200. I think you ought to keep working harder. You, you might catch up with Tiger Woods. Are you listening to me? Why would you own a horse? And you know how much a horse eats? So you could ride him once a year at the Sunday school picnic? Oh, you say, he eats so much, Miss God, I've got to ride him every weekend. Or he gets contrary. God never made a horse that wasn't contrary. Right, Doc? Everyone I ever tried to stick a hose up his nose and down into his belly was contrary. Are you listening to me? All you got to say is, well, he wasted our time. The brisket was good. But then he got up there and preached on idols. You're the very guy that's eat up with it. And besides that, get mad at Brother Mickey. He's the one that asked me to do it. And I ain't going to worry about it and pray about it and fret over it and say, dear God, give me what they need. If I just got a twinkle of your toes, I'd rather curl you up, bless God. That's what you need anyway. Number three, does it dominate my life? Does it dominate my life? You better be careful. Your idol may even take you away from your wife. Why would you have a pen full of coon hunting dogs and just feed them day after day after day? And not take the flea-bitten things out one night and spend the night getting eat up with mosquitoes while your wonderful wife lays in bed at home. Anybody that says, I just like to hear the dogs go. Instead of being with your wife in bed, You might have more troubles than I think, and you might ought to try to get you some kind of a psychiatrist. You got that? Hey, you did that? Getting mosquito bit is better than laying beside your wife. Shooting a coon that's been run up a tree. That must really be something. I can just imagine the fun of shooting a coon up a tree. 
if it was on top of your head, I could see it. I mean, I really could. If he's on top of your head, I could see putting the gun up there, trying to get it lined up where you could blow his guts out. But you shoot him while he's up a tree. Does it dominate your life like this? You don't have to look yourself. Luke 18, 1. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Does it dominate your life? Is it time in your life for prayer? Maybe it's all them, all that rolling stock you have sitting in the driveway. Did you ever think about it? You wouldn't have such a high insurance bill if you didn't have so much rolling stock. Hmm? Complaining about the gas? You, you really need a four-wheel drive on the expressways around here. <laughs> Sometime it'll get a little puddle right there. You want to hit that button that puts it in. Look there ain't a God-given eyeball. And you act like preachers don't even need to preach on idols. When's the last time you had a satisfying period of prayer with God? I don't mean where you ran in and rattled off your junk. I mean where you hung around after you rang his doorbell till he answered. Well, I don't have time for that. Then you don't have time for an idol either. Because idols are real good about devouring your time. Yeah, they are. I'm enjoying this. Does it dominate my life? Look in 1 Corinthians 6 and in verse 12. I like preaching to men. I don't get many, not very many people ask me to come preach the, the couple's retreat. I never get asked. This is the only, this is the only bunch I get to preach to. Nobody else. I know. How many preachers you think we know, Brother Bowen? None of them say to me, would you come preach to the men? We're going to have a men's retreat. No. No. Why? Because <laughs> they want somebody just to pussyfoot around. And, and say stuff to you like this. You ought to do the dishes some evening. Try doing the dishes with your wife. Give her a choice. Would you like to dry or wash? That's going to straighten out your marriage. The way you two scream at each other, you think a tea towel is going to help? A roll of duct tape around your head might help. But I don't think I don't think washing or drying is gonna do it, Brother Mickey. And that's about what they want in their retreats. But I'm telling you, Mickey, the thing that the tear this church up ain't the Jehovah Witnesses, it ain't the charismatic, it's just a bunch of these good men right in here to get a love for some idol. One by one, they'll drop off. And if men didn't get themselves so stinking far in debt where they had to work day and night, and I got news for you, your, your little boy's only two years old one time, he'll only be five years old one time, he'll only be eight years old one time, and I just advise you to take advantage of being there with him. Now that means you have to drive a five-year-old car. Well, join the crowd around here. Ain't a car out there that's got less than 150,000 miles on it. 
Most of them got 300,000. Hmm? Yes, sir. In 1 Corinthians 6, I'm preaching tonight on how you can tell it's an idol. It distorts the truth. It devours the time. It dominates your life. In 1 Corinthians 6, 12, all things are lawful unto me. Look, look, look. If I had a boat and a motorcycle and two or three hot rods and all that stuff, I'd still be saved. You understand that? I'd still be saved. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. Nobody said I have to take Judy on every revival. I wouldn't have to do that. But it ain't expedient to leave her home by herself 270 to 300 days a year. She might say, well, what I need him for anyway? He ain't never here. And you know how much lawyers cost and alimony and all that stuff? All things are lawful, but not everything is expedient. It's not best for you. Can you dig that? It ain't best for you. Read on in that verse. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And that's what an idol does. It brings you under its power. I ain't never seen a boat that somebody didn't have to work on. And when are you that work five days a week, when are you going to drag that thing to the boat repair place? Saturday morning. Well, what about bus route visitation? And then after he, he tinkers with it, naturally you'll have to put it in the water to see what it's going to do. Why, that ought to get you back around 2, 3 o'clock, and then you're, you're making payments on that lawnmower, so you're going to have to run it. Number four, does it divide my treasure? I've only got so much treasure. I do have treasure. The Bible says I do. And the Bible ain't never wrong. So then I got to discern what that treasure is. And then I look at my idol and say, does that thing divide my treasure? Here's my greatest treasure. First Timothy chapter 4. There's only one more after this. So some of you try to endure to the end. But tomorrow I'll give your wives a brief about what I preached. Yes, sir. Idols. That's what's getting us. That's why we don't have soul winners. That's why we don't have Sunday school teachers. That's why we don't have enough bus drivers. That's why we can't reach this group and that group and we can't go after them. And people say, well, we're too busy. We can't do much about the jail ministry. We're just glad to support you. Well, I'm glad to take your money and go on. But you could go. Here's your greatest treasure. Ready? I ain't asking you what you think. I'm saying this is it. In 1 Timothy 4, 14 and 15, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Now where would you get that gift? You got it from Christ when he saved you by his Holy Spirit. He gave every one of you that gift. Every one of you.
I have certain people that are very, very gifted and very diligent about finances. So I use them for that. I let them do their job. And I thank God they do it too. It lifts a load off of me. What about you? Some of you wouldn't have to go overseas. You could just take your company's buyout, come down here and say, Preacher, I could help in the Christian school, and I could do your maintenance, and I could do your running. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Ain't no banker give me no gift. In fact, I didn't even ask for the gift because I didn't know what gift I even needed. I didn't know. But God knew what He wanted. Meditate upon these things. Look at this. When's the last time you took time to just meditate on things like Isaac did, like Adam did? When's the last time you meditated on anything about what God wants? Brother West, how to raise that little boy? Well, I know you think everybody knows, but we don't know, Brother West. I was scared to death when I had to raise a boy. What a responsibility. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. I don't think that means while you're tinkering with your boat engine, try to meditate on the gift God gave you. Come on. Come on. Doc West back there, he operates on dogs. What if he took your wife's Fido in there and he had to operate on it? Would you want him operating on your dog while he's fiddling with his outboard motor? Your wife wouldn't. No, sir. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. You see that? Well, does this thing, does it divide my treasure? In my case, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the, the word of truth. Okay, I've got to meditate on that word. I've got to give some thought. If I feel like the Lord is saying, warn the men about idols. I've got to give myself to do that for you. I don't have time for a bunch of tinkering around junk. Does it divide my treasure? Do I have to come up here tonight unprepared and just shoot off the cuff, tell you a bunch of jokes? All of us have a good laugh. We got our belly full. Let's go home. Or do I be concerned that whatever it is I give you, I know it's what God said to give you, and I don't have to back up for nobody or nothing. I'm sorry. Ain't no need for me to own a ball, a ball glove. Now, some of you, Brother West, you have a little boy. I know that. Some of you have little children. Derek, you've got to play with them little kids, right? 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 
But one of these days you'll be old like me and Brother Bowen. Do you still get out in the street and play pitch and catch with Jackie? You don't do that no more, huh? Does it divide my treasure? And let me tell you, there's no period in your life you can say, you young men, you're given to idols. That's what you are. Huh? It's bad about my age and your age, preacher. First thing you know, I won condo down in Florida. Why do I want a condo in Florida? I ain't in Florida. It's like you and a lawnmower. Why should I make payments on a condo in Florida? You understand that? I don't care what age you are. It didn't say, now all you men that are under age 25, keep yourselves from idols. It didn't say, you men that have little children, keep yourselves from idols. It said gray-haired men like me and you, and men that don't have any, keep yourselves from idols. Didn't it? I'll close. Does it damage my testimony? In 1 Corinthians 8, What's this idol do to my testimony? 1 Corinthians 8. What's it do to my testimony in my local church? I belong to a local church, and, and they love me, and they support me and Judy, and they worry about us, and they pray for us. What do I allow myself to get into? What's that do to my testimony to that church? Now, Paul was concerned about that in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 8. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Uh, he's talking about what he ate. But the same thing applies to every bit of our lives. What does it do to my testimony? What if the church, some of the people came by my home and saw me out there in a pair of shorts, no shirt on? What would that do to my testimony? What would it do to our testimony if they came by and saw Judy in two-piece bathing suit sunbathing on the porch? What's that do to my testimony? You see, men? Amen. And things can become an idol. My lost neighbors see me take a boat out on Sunday afternoon. I know, I know. There ain't... There ain't I know I'm still saved, but it's, what did it do to him? Lost people do have an idea about how Christians ought to live, what they ought to be, don't they? Sure they do. Sometimes they're wrong, but nevertheless, they have an idea. I wanted to say to you tonight, if there's anything that I've thought about that the Lord seemed to lay in my heart that I was frightened about where your church was concerned, would be that any of you men would influence others by letting some idol come into your life and you get all involved in it and whether it never affects anybody but you, you're a big loss to us. So that's why I wrote these down. Does it distort the truth? Does it devour my time? Brother West, I used your little boy. 
you know, I get amazed about daddies like you that get involved in some sort of a hobby and your family can't participate in it. You can't strap your little boy in a car and go out on a dirt track. Right? So you want to buy a moose gun and go off to Canada and don't put any deodorant on for 10 days. Don't shave. To even the skunks won't come near your camp. Can your little boy go up there? A lot of people are like that. Does it dominate my life? Does it divide the greatest treasure I own, the gift God gave me? And does it damage my testimony? If you put those things up next to an idol, it'll come just as clear as that. Preacher, thank you tonight.